Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Charlie. And in today's episode, we're going to be rereading chapters seven and eight of Goblet of Fire. Correct. We discuss Quidditch in depth. We do some maths and discuss Ireland. And Vila. Yes, there's a lot to unpack. So uh, get a few shots, maybe a coffee. Yeah, maybe a coffee, maybe a Guinness. Get a Guinness. Get a Guinness. I'm very glad we didn't drink Guinness. I'm really that would glad have been we didn't so drink bad. Guinness. <laughs> but uh, stay tuned to find out what we did drink on this alcohol-themed extravaganza. Yeah, grab a glass. Join us on this reminiscent journey. Hello. It's us. Guess you never guessed it would have been us when you clicked to listen to this episode. Bit weird, but okay. Okay. Hi. Welcome back. It's time for Goblet of Wine, reading Goblet of Fire. I really thought you'd said Goblet of Wine instead of Goblet of Fire then. No, I've I been concentrating. We haven't had to do the shot. About to cackle. But also the chapters where the Goblet of Fire is brought out haven't been done yet. We're reading chapters seven and... Eight. It's time for some serious Quidditch chapters. Which normally hate hate Quidditch, but uh, I love the builder. I have no problem with Quidditch. So quickly, first we have some new reviews to read out. I don't know Thank why you very I'm trying much. To sing anything. Um, if you ever want us to read your review, then go leave us one on Apple or Facebook or anywhere. Uh, not anywhere else. Apple or Facebook are the two options. Yes. Thank you. Cool. Great. Amazing. Go for it. Shame you can't cool. leave reviews on Spotify, but you can't. People ask us that. Yeah. You can't. Sadly. Um, so a big thank you to Katie E, that's a, who says that she has never loved a podcast as much, which is High just praise. huge praise. That is... Are you okay? That is big. Yeah. I'm assuming she's never listened to another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Next thank you to... <laughs> I'm so glad as you got this one. Qu- a S Q W R F. W R F S R T. They did this on purpose. <laughs> Who doesn't understuff understuff? Fucking hell. Sorry, we've been drinking for hours. Who doesn't since uh, two and it's currently twenty nine. to ten. Yeah. Who doesn't understand half the stuff we talk about as they're from Texas? Is our Britishisms that? Do we cut other cultures off that much? It might be the geographic ranting. Damn it. Let's not ever talk about Norfolk again. Let's yeah. talk about Norfolk constantly. But that brings me to my, my, just my review. No, our next review from Sophia.90, who says that she... I keep scrolling to the side. <laughs> who says that she feels like she's hanging out with us discussing her favourite subject... British geography. She also describes the podcast as warm and fuzzy. <laughs> and I mean, I like always screenshot reviews to send to Hannah when I notice new ones and she does the same. But like this, I would just especially was just like, oh my God, like we're warm and fuzzy because I love whenever people say this kind of thing because to me, why I love Harry Potter is because it's warm and fuzzy to me. So if the podcast makes people feel like that's yeah, all we want. Just like literally the idea of us making anyone else have that feeling i'm just like literally makes me emotional i know um next thank you goes out to jay and anthony anthony jay anthony who says her sister recommended the podcast and now she loves how our insight has 
developed. Yep. I love this review as well. I mean, I love them all, but I love this one as well because just like the idea of like families recommending it to each other is so cute. Like someone's like, hey, you should listen to this podcast. And then it's our podcast. I know. Madness. And then a big thank you to Melly Moggs, who says that we have such a great connection. And they want to be our friend. Oh, you are our friend. You are our friend. If you listen to our podcast, you are our friend. I mean, mm-hmm. Because we talk about you all the time. You specifically, Melanie yes. Boggs. You. you. <laughs> no, <laughs> all so of creepy. you as a collective. We talk about you all the time. Yeah. Uh, right. So thank you for leaving us a review. As we said, if you want to shower, you can leave us a review. Charlie, what are we drinking today? Uh, we are drinking. That because was the worst click I've ever done. We hate ourselves. So at quarter to ten... We are drinking Irish coffee. Why are we drinking Irish coffee? Because Bulgaria won, but... No. No, I- Ireland won, but Crumb got the, the snitch. snitch. So we are drinking uh, the classic Irish beverage. And hopefully this will at least sober us up. Of Irish maybe. coffee, which is coffee, whiskey, Baileys and whipped cream. Yeah. Classic. Classic. Yes. No, 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 it's not whipped cream. It's, uh, what was it called? Ooh, what was it called? Oh my god, I've already forgotten. Squirty. Squirt. It was like something really ominous, like <laughs> yeah. squirty liquid. If you want to see us making not only this Irish coffee, but also the Long Island iced teas, then it will um both of them will be as Instagram highlights on Instagram. You can see the utter, utter chaos. Utter. It's always um, chaos with us too. It is. Cheers. Cheers. I mean, that, that is, is nice. delicious. It is. Like, what wouldn't you like about that? I know. That is literally so nice. I, I'm a big fan of, like, a um, creamy drink. I, I know I'm literally <laughs> forgetting, like, a creamy liquid. Coffee. Uh, what is it? I don't know. But whatever you're the... doing is causing your drink to <laughs> vibrate wildly. Um, oh, my God. I'm coffee literally blanking liqueur? on the word. Um, the, the coffee cocktails. I couldn't even remember the word cocktail. Oh, okay. The, well, the one thing we're missing from this... Espresso... Espresso wow. martinis. Oh, espresso martini. Well, the one thing we're missing from this, which you would put in espresso martini as well, is a Kahlua. Mm. But we've got everything else. It, it's very, very good. I'm going to be awake all night, but it's very it's good. It. I love I love theming our drinks around episodes. So I know. I'm I find really it like the this. cutest thing. I know, same. Cool. So, so chapter, chapter seven, seven. Bagman, Bagman and Crouch. Crouch. Bagman. 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 I'm just gonna Bagpuss. adjust my microphone. Bag lady. I'm a bag lady. Yeah. Us with our matching cankins. Yeah, we now have matching backpacks. It's really sad. It was really cute. When we went to the pub earlier, her um cankin is yellow and mine's pink, and then my raincoat was yellow and her raincoat was purple. It was like we were kind of like Inverse. Inverted. I really wish someone had taken. I hope we appear on a meme yeah. page like sad London hipster twats. <laughs> yeah, South London South- hipsters. <laughs> I just want to appear on a meme page. I'll sit in our cankins and raincoats. Yeah. We went to a really pretentious pub as well, and then got it's out. Not our- pretentious. It's an old man pub. There were many old men in there. Hannah, there, there's fairy lights and there's shut up, Charlie. weird toastal seats um but then we got out our like matching film cameras as well and had them on the table why are we the worst people why yeah. do, why do some of you say they want to be our friends? i know it's like because they don't actually know us all they hear is us talk about harry potter they don't catch us when we're being knobs insufferable knobs so knobs knobs so the gang the the the, the crew arrive in front of two wizards at mm-hmm. kind of the world cup pitch and it turns out, from what the wizards are saying, they're camping at a muggle site, which is a weird 
fucking decision. Like, could they have not chosen an empty plot of land and then wizards basically set up campsites rather than going to a muggle campsite where you know you're going to have to constantly put memory charms on muggles, which I know is like necessary so they don't find out wizarding well, but is a violation of yeah. their human rights. So I'm like, let's talk about violations of human rights in the first two minutes. So actually, like, I, I would be like, because where do you kind of have that like empty plot of land scotland but no but Wales. It, it's normally like farmland or like owned <laughs> yeah it's owned by someone owned of for, for something so i was like that does make sense aside from something i found out recently do tell. so i don't know if this will be absolutely no surprise to anyone that's not me but there are actually plots of land in england and i can't remember the word Green for belts. it is this where it's like reserved for war no, green belts are rings of land around cities where you cannot expand housing no. any further. No, so what I'm talking about, there is actually like several fields where the someone does own them, but they're given money by like the government to keep them empty, not grow crop on them, not build on them or anything in case of war, which seems like... like in case of what in war? What would they then in, do with the in field? In case there's war, but it definitely seems like a really like old fashioned. Oh yeah, that, but, seems, like, but that like, seems very British. But like in case we suddenly had to start growing loads of our own crops and stuff, it's okay. it's making sure that we have this land mm. held back that we can, you know, use for croppage and stuff. You look very unimpressed with your drink right now. No, I as I sit right. Have you noticed how when you do that, the cream is separate. Look yeah. at the separation. It's, con- it's congealing. Our squirty <laughs> liquid is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. cream shouldn't come in a can yeah. Um, um, yeah but there's also definitely areas like obviously a lot of land in England is farmed but there's definitely a lot of land but then I suppose it's really areas of land that aren't farmed are usually really hilly or really rocky yeah it and just, they normally they're still owned they're still private property yeah so I, I guess a campsite makes the most sense but also it's just really unfair to the muggles and it must be a massive campsite like massive like I think later on it says that the just the um, pitch alone is 10 cathedrals. Charlie, you're not even ready for the maths I have done later oh, in this episode. You I'm literally so turned on right now. Not. <laughs> Charlie, I just, I don't want to give it away, but just look at this one page. Oh my God, she's got an entire page of equations. Bear in mind, this bitch can't do math. <laughs> this bitch can do math. I ran it can past you? Neil. Okay, okay, I'm really he glad said it was all fine. Neil has verified this, or I would not trust. trust I got you. an A in my maths GCSE. I got a B after being told I was going to fail. I did better than you. I'm dyslexic. You're bully. Dyslexic is words, not numbers. It's both. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right, ableist. <laughs> anyway, I'm dyslexic. Chloe said so. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's trustworthy diagnostic person (laughs) my ex-boss when I was an intense oh Oh, don't cry Hannah it's so funny so anyway they're at a muggle campsite which I suppose makes sense and what doesn't make sense is that they booked for one night he literally says like oh just one night here and it's like what if the match lasts five days. Well, I suppose, like, they're good people. They'd pay the man. They'd be like, oh, we decided to stay an extra day. And we pay, and they pay yeah. him. They're but good people. It just, just seems weird. Just I know. seems weird. I know, it seems weird. So um, we... It's just not really fair on the muggles. But then we meet one of the muggles who is owning, who is in charge of that campsite. Yes, we do. Mr. Roberts. Yep. 
Mr. Roberts is um, the kind of person which is the reason why this company brexited a month ago. This company? This company. Shitting hell. I don't know. What, this country. This country uh, brexited. Look, we're not a company yet. <laughs> the Tories haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> this country brexited it wasn't even a month ago it was two weeks ago mm. <laughs> and um, mr roberts as uh, you know as nice a man as he seems is the kind of man <laughs> as to why this happened yeah because he calls everyone foreigners yeah he's like are you a foreigner are you a foreigner and it's just like anyone that says the it- word foreigner it's yeah. just that there's no way to use that word. Who without... uses that word? <laughs> and we both wrote this note. And it's funny because why did you text me a photo of your nose earlier? Because you sent a screenshot of what chapter you were on. And we were like, we're on the same chapter. So yeah. I tried to take a photo of my book. And I thought I'd just put this bit in. But it turns out my phone was taking a bigger photo than I thought. Yeah. And then I just like caught a glance of her last note about like him being a Brexiter because of the word foreign. And I was just like, why are we the same person but my note was that he was a daily mail Mail reader reader. which is one in the same one in the same so you know you know mr robert seems like a nice you know affable man like affable that's not what i mean he just seems like nice you know i'm sure he's fine to get along but he calls everyone a foreigner Mm-hmm. He's the reason why we Brexit. Yeah. Um, so the descriptions of the World Cup are just my absolute favourite. It's like peak JK Rowling creativity. Like there are some things in the Harry Potter world that she does just when you're just like your brain, how, is, how have you thought about this? Things yeah. like the Deluminator, the way that um, paintings move, yeah. the... Um, the oh the the noise distracting thing just like loads of these kind of like weird amazing inventions that she has and just the things you're just like your brain holy crap but it's like how can you write a scene where you're like imagining like all these incredible things like talking about the multi-story tents and the tents with gardens gardens blah 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 and i'm like your imagination is so good why can't you wrap your head around the fact that trans people exist? I, it's it's. Sorry to always harp on about this, but I will never let it go. I know. It's like you have so much in your brain that does amazing things. And then it's like, why won't it work the way that we want? Yeah. The way that it should. Yeah. Um, I also just love her melding of muggle and wizarding worlds. So the wizards who are working for the ministry are all dressed really weirdly. So this is the first part of this. We'll come back in another part. Mm-hmm. Um, but one is described as wearing plus fours. Another is described as wearing galoshes, both of which I had to Google. Yep. Plus fours are trousers that men wear hunting. Um, uh, they're very wide at the top yeah. and go very narrow. Yeah, I can to be too. tucked into wellies. Galoshes are some sort of waterproof low Wellington boot. Um... Where are these men getting these clothes? Uh, Because they all are struggling to dress like muggles. And I understand that, you know, they don't spend that much time around muggles. But they see muggles all the time. This is going to be really nerdy. But I would love some kind of actual information, information slash data on where the wizarding settlements are in relation to... Muggle ones because we know that they're entire like villages yes that are wizarding ones or and it's mostly just, wizarding yeah it's really it would be interesting to know what kind of areas so otteries and in. catchpole where which is the wizarding which is the village where ron lives which so the only entire wizarding village is hogsmeade otteries yeah. and catchpole is one of like six villages where it's a mostly or a heavy wizarding population and that's around cornwall Devon yeah. kind of area yeah because a lot of the time when we hear it it is like Cornwall or 
Surrey mm. or, you know, it's... You can picture that it is kind of in these very wealthy, mm. remote areas, mm. which I think fits with how we know that the Wizarding Society works. But I think that would explain a lot about how they have these weird fucking upper-class clothing because they've gone to the charity shops. Yeah, because Mr. Weezy is wearing a golfing jumper. You can't buy a golfing jumper in a charity shop in London. You can only buy a golfing jumper in charity shops in areas where people golf as a hobby. So I think that kind of explains it. It's quite well written in the fact that they would have just, like, wandered down to the local muggle village and gone in the first, like, Oxfam that they see. And just, like... The whole image is just fucking fantastic. I would love, like, a makeover TV show with wizards and they come home they're like darling are you proud of me i'm just like a muggle and there's mm-hmm. an even better slash worse one for lots of oh, different reasons coming up do you think that wizards have kinky muggle role play stop whatever you're saying I, does no, mr weasley make mrs weasley dress no. up as a muggle in how bed how would that be kinky how would that how would the lack of magic be sexual because it's muggle clothing it's like when people dress up as nurses or a sexy devil thing. I don't know. I don't have sex. But like... <laughs> but... <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> um, no, but like, you know, oh yeah, put your muggle clothes on. Oh, you're so... Because it's like, it's like a, it's like a dominating thing, isn't it? It's like a, Ooh, it's okay. a power dynamic. Power dynamic so yeah. it's like a submissive thing to be a muggle because you don't have as much power. And and I mean, Mr. Weasley just loves. I think I think this is this head canon is accepted. Uh, Mr. Weasley makes next Mrs. Weasley. fan fiction. No, no. nobody no. writes nobody that. Nobody write that. No, um. no. Somebody <laughs> brought their peacock to the campsite. Why? How did they think that would help them? What was their peacock doing? I think it's a euthanism. Okay, great. Um, so they erect the tents. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> and we find out once the tents are erected that they're actually like a three-room flat, like the TARDIS, basically. Yeah. Um, and this is one of those moments where I'm just like, magic is just so fucking cool. Like, I really... My favourite bits of magic in Harry Potter are not the, like, amazing, crazy it's spells. Everyday it's bits. the everyday bits where I'm yeah. like, that is so like, cool. Like, literally, I love this. All of the different descriptions of the kind of tent. I, I just... Oh, I mean, I do have... A note in a little bit that is literally just caps lock. I love camping. I hate camping. I and that annoys me so much because like Sorry. No, like I I really want like I don't know, to go camping with people and I feel like I don't have like a friendship group that likes camping. Neil's going on like a static camper van holiday with his friends. Camper van is not the same. I mean it's still fun, but like not the same. I don't know. Do we like, have good weather to do a camping holiday, which is not a guarantee in this country. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think it's fun and it's not so much the camping, but it's like being with people and roasting marshmallows and stuff. Like, the one thing I do, like, really, like, miss about my last relationship was that, like, we'd go camping together and it was Aww. just really nice. And, like, you used to, like, camp by a little stream and have, like, a fire and do, like, cook sausages in the morning. This was when I wasn't vegetarian and Aww. go hiking and... It, nice. it was cute. I like camping. Sorry. Just, just getting really passionate about camping. I just don't like sleeping in tents. But I'd sleep in these tents because they have beds. Yeah. Um, so then Harry, Ron, Hermione go to collect water from the water tap. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a line about a mum slapping stepping on a slug and the kid screaming you bus slug you bus slug and all i could think of was okay so once when i i used to go to nursery full-time and my mum was driving me there and it, it was out in the sticks i feel like we sit out in the sticks a lot in the last <laughs> we episodes. really like the sticks we really like the sticks no it was out in the middle of nowhere this nursery that i used to go to and um my mum hit a fox on the way there it ran oh. in front of the car and then she was worried about like there was nothing she could do the fox was dead so she was then like oh put it on the side of the road so it didn't get hit by anything else and then drove on to nursery and I arrived at nursery and they were like Hannah how are you and I went mummy split a fox <laughs> oh no <laughs> my mum was like you hit it like god's oh, sake split oh that mummy is... split a fox that is horrible <laughs> that's so <laughs> my mum still brings it up she's like do you remember that time you embarrassed me by saying I split a fox <laughs> My throat just really made a noise, but I was laughing. But you bust slug really reminds me yeah. of Mummy splitting it That is such brutal language. <laughs> I love children. I hate children. I love children. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, uh. So Harry realizes, and this is also the first time for the readers that he is seeing wizard, foreign wizards, wizards from foreigners, foreigners, wizards <laughs> from other countries. And this is a real realization for us, the reader, as well as Harry, that mm-hmm. yeah, life exists outside Duh. of Hogwarts. Duh. And it's got this kind of moment where Harry's like, of course it does. Obviously, wizards aren't just British. And then you, as the reader, are like, yeah, of course, like duh. Mm-hmm. So and they run into Seamus Finnegan. Oh my god! But this is my favourite bit. It's literally like, and then there was loads of shamrocks, and then Seamus Finnegan, Finnegan appears. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I really like that Seamus has brought Dean, our gay couple of god. the year. I told you these were gay chapters. But even if they're not, which I do, I do ship them. But even yeah. if they're not, I just love you know Dean is Muggleborn. I mean he's not, but he is. Yeah. And he loves football. And then Seamus is like, please come with me to watch my favourite thing in the world. And yeah. he's got Dean really into it. And then he camps with him. And I'm just like, oh, the friendship goals. I just love it. But also, it's please like, be a couple. Yeah. Shall we have a, a a toast of our Irish coffees to the half Irish gay couple? Yes. I'm drinking this way too fast, by the way. Same. I'm literally going to be awake all night. No, but I mean, I'm going to run out <sighs> by the second chapter. We can make more. Then we'll be even more awake. True. We can just have Baileys and whiskey yes um so then <laughs> why are you sighing because we reach the dress um i have such mixed feelings about this bit we could get neil in for this because neil recently did his reread to yes. try and pick out his chapters and he messaged us about this bit and it was like yeah i knew that was coming yeah i did know that was coming so the bit we're talking about um is the bit that so we're going back to like wizards wearing muggle clothing and in the queue for the tap there's a wizard ahead of the trio who is wearing a woman's night dress yeah and a ministry wizard is having an argument with him because he's like you stand out in a crowd you're not meant to wear that can you please put these trousers on and the only reason i'm uncomfortable with this is what i know about jk rowling now if i didn't know she was like a turf i would find i would just find this funny more the fact it's like wizards not understanding muggle culture than him wearing a dress yeah but it's also it's the fact that this man is literally being policed Mm. on his choice of clothing and it's like yeah traditionally there are certain like gender roles with clothing but like 
Why can he not I wear mean, that dress? The other point is it's, it's it's not a dress. It's a nighty. Yeah. <laughs> there are like levels to this outfit, but yeah, it is it's it's sad but that he's being policed. But there's muggle standards, but, not wizard standards. But like there is literally the line, muggle women wear them archie, not, not men, the men, they wear these, and it's just it's so uh, yeah, it is. It uh. just like it's it's really really uncomfortable, and I remember this being hilarious when I was a child. Uh. And when you don't have, I found this bit hilarious. a proper understanding. And like you've heard the remix, right? What? Someone remixed it. Oh really? No. There's another bit of this. Like it goes on and it gets more funny, and there's a bit that gets funnier. But this section of it is kind of sad, and what it reminds me of is like school dress code. So. I will link in the description the video that I'm about to play, Hannah. Okay. This is a video that is very early internet. I will see if it... 11 years ago. Um, and it's basically someone, like, kind of illustrated the scene and kind of put it to music. And it was so funny 11 years ago when I was, like, 14 mm. or whatever and didn't really have, like, an understanding of this and stuff. And it's something that like kind of went viral and was shared a lot. And now you watch it and you're just like, no. And I, I actually think that this remix of it kind of puts into perspective why this is wrong. Because you kind of just read the chapters for the text. It doesn't seem that bad. It mm. seems like not great, but that bad. And there could kind of be more context to it. But when you kind of see that actually it was so silly and laughed at that this man was wearing a dress that it was put into this like viral video format... Mm that as like kind of good as this remix is and it took a lot of talent behind it, it kind of highlights how yikes it is. But yeah, yeah I will link in the description. What it what it brings to mind for me, like relating it back to muggle culture, like the men wear these, is um so when we were growing up, when you went to secondary school you get your um uniform list of what you have to wear. Mm-hmm. And there's a boys section and a girls section. Now, you know, at least ten years before we entered school on most school lists, they added trousers to the girls' section. So you were allowed to choose between trousers or a skirt. However, the skirt was listed under girls only. And then, you know, two years ago, one of the first schools in the country decided to scrap splitting it into boys and girls and just wrote the list of, okay, here are the school requirements. Trousers, skirt, jumper, shirt, la 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 la. And there was an outcry against it. So a load of incredible 15 year old boys decided to show that they were in support of this changing around the country and wore skirts to school and like this was an amazing stand Mm -hmm. to make because it shouldn't be split in uniform rules shouldn't be split into girls and boys obviously not like if i'm allowed to wear trousers anyone should be allowed to wear a skirt and it like it just brought to mind that to me my school went the other way and banned skirts because oh and I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast before. I feel like I might, but I can't remember why. But mm. we literally made national news for one of the first schools, or I think, no, actually the first school to ban skirts because we were on a main road and we were also the most cycled school country uh, school in the country and we were on a main road and they said that it was dangerous because it was distracting male drivers that young girls in skirts were cycling past to which i say if a man crashes his car because he's looking at an underage girl in a skirt he deserves to die it's natural selection yeah that he deserves to die yeah i have this fun fact of um the most times i have been catcalled in my life is um under the age of 16 mm-hmm. whilst walking to school yeah because i used to walk to school on the day and i used to be followed and whistled and 
catcalled because yeah. I wore a skirt. So yeah. um, everyone is trash, but yeah. also skirts should not be a female thing. Skirts mm-hmm. are great. Yeah. The bit of this chapter that still remains funny, which I do still think is funny, is Archie's next line where he says he wants to carry on wearing the dress because it gives him a healthy breeze around his privates. It It's a funny line, but also it kind of adds more context to why it's really annoying that he's being policed on this because it's not even i mean it would be valid if he just said i like this dress Mm. that's valid but it's actually the fact that he's actually like no you know there is real merit to wearing this and i have a you know tangible reason for enjoying wearing this yeah it's a amusing reason and what it also implies is that he does not wear underpants under his robes normally which is you do you archie yeah you do you yeah but um yeah, it, it's just really frustrating that he's like, no, I like it. And, you know, my bits can breathe. Go for it. I I do love the fact that Hermione is given her time to be a 14-year-old girl and has to duck out of the queue because she's giggling so much yeah. about Archie needing a breeze around his private parts. <laughs> Not the fact he's wearing a dress, that he wants the breeze around his private parts. I love that Harry and Ron are like, it's fine. Hermione's like, I've got to leave. I'm laughing too much. I mean, we would all love to air out our private parts occasionally occasionally you know i'm sure a breeze around them is i don't go out in a skirt with no knickers on i don't i'm not that brave i would like to i'd like to see what it's like but then i worry about things i you've seen the length of my skirts i could not do that no you couldn't i would (laughs) flap flap yeah it's just (laughs) uncomfortable knowing what we do about jk rowling exactly there are elements of it that's still funny archie's line about liking the breeze is still funny but it's just more uncomfortable the more time passes so then the next very gay and very adorable part is oliver woods i wrote he introduces harry to his parents oh my god literally the cutest oliver is bae yeah and he's been signed to a quidditch team yep literally achieved all of his goals this is the only time we'll see him in this book and for the next few i think he gets mentioned in every book but we won't see him in person again for quite a while so I'm savouring the moment. So they yep. arrive back at the tent. And uh, before that, no, before that, there's a Harry Cho mention. Oh, this is where it begins. It begins. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Cho waves at him and he drops water down himself. So smooth, Harry. Nice. What Harry. a sex god. Okay. Um, so they arrive back at the campsite. The others have now arrived. They cook breakfast, and as they're eating, Ludo Bagman arrives. And although he's been mentioned before, this is the first time we meet him. Yeah. So he's um, wearing his old Quidditch robes, which to me seems kind of lame. Yeah, but also, can I just stepping back a bit? Mr. Weasley is having the time of his fucking life, life lighting some matches. And can I? I just feel like me and Mr. Weasley would really get along. Oh yeah. Can I just would. say like? But he's like lighting matches and being surprised by each one, and it's just a. It's adorable so adorable um we also get the first mention of the department of mysteries which are quite oh, nice yeah. it's building it in quite early um the unspeakable the unspeakables which yeah. is the coolest i want to update my linkedin just to be like yeah Uns- i'm a unspeakable. i'm an unspeakable it's a bit like right now like part of my um job title is like working on something that's yet to be announced and i'm just like like you know i can't put it on linkedin but i'm doing something actually same exactly same i'm like because i'm like i'm working across two brands i can't say what one of them exactly i just i want to be like yeah part of my job is unspeakable 
Love it. Yeah. Um, so Bagman is wearing his old Quidditch uniform, which... which this is... It's described as literally... It's like red and black it's and has yellow like a, and black. I meant yellow, but my mouth said red. <laughs> red. I've had I've had some Alcohol. amount of booze. Yeah. Um, and has like a giant wasp on it and it says that out of everyone he stood out the most and it's just like, why is he not being policed? Do you know what I mean? important. Important. But, but, and also because he's in typically male clothing and it's yep. just like all of this fuss because a man's in a dress but then a man is dressed you as a wasp. male clothing, wizard clothing, robes are a dress. I'm sorry, there aren't two separate leg compartments. It's kind of, it's like unisex, you know? But yeah, like they're unisex clothing. Yeah, and that's great. But, you know, that's kind of for the gender it's you know what's seen as normal i mean at least wizards have gender neutral clothing that's kind of nice yeah totally um Um, so bagman offers a gamble a flutter as he calls it and fred and george have this bizarre moment where they bet island will win but crumb will catch the snitch which has always confused me yeah every time i reread this book because i'm like how did they know they bet with such confidence they bet their life savings it's, it never gets expanded on no i need to know i know i'm like how did i like there are elements where you could kind of work it out so crumb is the best seeker ever but it's said three times leading up to this chapter that the irish chasers are incredible that they're yeah. amazing that they're a force to be reckoned with so those two things you could you could see it as an option that could happen, yeah. but the confidence which we, they almost expect mm-hmm. Bagman to say the bet, they're ready straight away. They've already greedy mm-hmm. on the amount they're going to put up. I'm like, they it's know. It's suspicious. It's really suspicious. Something I would like to go into is the fact that Ludo Bagman was never in the films. And I think he is a great character and it's a travesty it's a that tragedy. he was cut. It's a, he's a great character. Yeah. So yeah, I think me and Neil debating this kind of, made me i've always pictured bagman in a certain way in rereading this the text backs up how i've pictured him but when people were kind of like making suggestions a lot of people were kind of picturing him as like more like short portly kind of person whereas that was never how i pictured him and then the the text backs me up so in the text we specifically have him described as boyish he has a squash nose from Quidditch. He's powerfully built, gone slightly deceived, round blue eyes, short blonde hair, rosy cl- complexion, and looks like an overgrown schoolboy. And from the maths, he would be in his probably like early 30s at the time. So to me, he very much is... Really? Yeah. That's young. Yeah. So I always pictured him as kind of like your jock, your bimbo, who has then kind of grown up and gotten an office job and a bit of a beer belly. Right. But is very much still kind of like slightly hanging on to his like athlete build. Okay. And like he's a builder. He was a... a, a had with the bat... The, the, the beater. beater. He was the beater. Yeah. Um, <laughs> words. Words. Um, so yeah, he would be someone that was quite like built. But everyone else was just like giving these suggestions um, that to me we're just off but anyway so my favorite ones that we kind of came up with between me and neil and like twitter suggestions excuse me i had suggested one and i don't mind it but i i have a kind of amendment to it uh so hugh grant um hugh grant obviously is kind of known for his uh rom-coms but when me and neil were suggesting this um like I suggested it and at the exact same time Neil went yeah Hugh Grant in Paddington 2 and I went yeah 
Hugh Grant in a very English scandal. And then it was like me, cultured, Paddington 2. <laughs> you, you know, uncultured. I've, you know, I've never seen either Paddington. I've never seen Paddington. I only watched the first one the other day. I tried to watch it a few weeks ago and it made me cry so much in the first five minutes I had to turn it off. What? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not normally like a film crier. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, I see. I see that. I see Hugh Grant. Yeah. My- like, obviously with more like kind of, give him highlights. Sure. But, you know, him kind of like a bit younger. Sure. For sure. So and- my, my only one, am I allowed to say my one? Yeah. Or do you want to carry on? No, you can. My only one, which is how I've kind of always imagined him, is a very young Stephen Fry. Yeah. So d- obviously Stephen Fry is in his 60s. he's in his sticky now so dial him all the way back to like 80s Stephen Fry yeah he's always had a broken note like I just see it I really see it yeah I could definitely see like young Stephen Fry when he was kind of like more blonde and had that very like youthful like public school boy kind of public school boy Stephen Fry yeah 100% that but just not him past the 80s no um which could mean he couldn't have been cast but saying that like a couple of my suggestions like Hugh Grant would have had been like probably yeah like aged down as well well they um, aged a lot of people up in the film so exactly yeah. yeah um so then my next one would have had to be significantly aged up but and even probably aged up a bit if we were casting him now but uh Kit Harrington. Oh gosh, no! I've never no. Ooh, uh, I love Kit. Um, no, I'm no, not no. seeing it. No, because what you've seen him in Game of Thrones, right? Obviously. Anything else? No, I haven't yet watched that Guy Fawkes thing. Yeah. So um, if you watch, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Seven Days in Hell. Mm. I think that's what it's called. Then you will see it. In that, he plays a very young very dumb tennis player it's honestly hysterical okay. and it is a whole different side to Kit Harrington oh, okay, then. like the least Game of Thrones thing you could ever you would have to age him up a bit I think to obviously play um, Ludo but yeah he, he does dumb jock surprisingly well yeah um, and then one of Neil's suggestions was Robert Carlyle I really like this one he's a do I know who Robert Car- I'm just Googling. He's potentially on the creepy side, but I think this is what I love about Ludo's character is that you spend the entire time kind of thinking, is he good or is he bad? He is set up to be the kind of like the distraction that you think he's going to be the bad guy and kind of his goodness is called into question a lot. So I think that Robert Carlyle, like you kind of gave him more of the kind of like, uh, like trustworthy side, but I do think he's maybe slightly on the creepy side. He's but also, on the creepy side I think me. that would be like quite a nice interpretation. Mm. I think that's why Hugh Grant would be really good because Hugh Grant, obviously, not when he went through his like nineties uh, chick flick phase, which was a majority of his career, but now he's started to do slightly more serious and more three dimensional mm. stuff. I think Hugh Grant does creepy really well in a very English scandal. He plays this really like creepy murderous politician Mm. gay politician and it's just beautiful so when you post this tweet though some of the people were tweeting in american actors and i've just got to say no no um no yeah there's no discussion over this yeah it's a no so then the last one that i wanted to voice and by the way guys please do tweet us your suggestions just no americans or we will laugh you out the door was you um you and McGregor. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, yeah I do and see that. Particularly hang on. Yeah, yeah, no, I see that. I'm yeah. seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. I could but the thing is, I think with you and McGregor is he has that 
one big franchise that you know you kind of you 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 feature in one massive yeah. franchise off that scale. It's like you can't really, and I know people uh, have unless done you're both, David but, Tennant. Yeah, but it's like you know you can't do you can't do a Lord of the Rings and a Harry Potter. You can't do a Star Wars and a Harry Potter. You know what I mean? Unless I you're David Tennant. Unless you're David Tennant. And but that's different. Like David Tennant's tongue needs to be in everything ever. No, including that's the my worst vagina. thing he's ever no, I love done. It. I love that it. tongue I love thing it. is love the it. worst. Shut I love up. It. I love it. No, he 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 does it a bit in um, certain parts of Doctor Who as well. And oh my god, I just like looking at that man's tongue. Thank you for the tongue noise. It's okay. I don't know. I just find that man very very sexy. So any sight of his tongue flicking about, and I'm just like. Oh. Anyway, tweet us who tweet you think should your... play. Uh, Ludo Bagman, yeah. any suggestion of American actors will be immediately discarded. Thank you. Barty yes. Crouch arrives. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not done talking about Ludo. I'm very sorry. The last thing I had to say is that everyone, please go on to harrypotter.fandom.com and look at Ludo Bagman's page because there is the most horrifying... It looks like it's taken from one of the PC games. I'm not really sure, but it is honestly... I saw it earlier. One of you the most terrifying... Look Stop at it again. It's, not, it's, look, it's gonna come at me yep. in the night. I will link it in the description. It's going to follow me. Honestly, I'm so sorry for this really long tangent, but it is one of the most horrifying things. The link will be in the description. It is the stuff of nightmares. I'll, we'll try to remember to put it on Instagram stories the day this episode gets released. If yeah. we forget, please tweet us. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Um, Barty Crouch arrives. Yeah. Percy has a whole gay moment. Uh, but then the best at slash worst thing happens. Barty Crouch calls Percy Weatherby. Yeah. <laughs> Which is A, hilarious. Um, but B, horrible. It's yeah. absolutely horrible. Percy is working so damn hard to not even earn the respect of his name being known. Yeah. And what it reminded me of, I recently rewatched Devil Wears Prada. I watch it at least once a year because it's about the fashion industry, which is similar to the industry I work in. And it's just... The more you watch it as you get higher up in the industry, the more things also happen. The more you watch it, the older you get, you go from being like, yeah, the boyfriend was great to being like, like, the what boyfriend a piece of shit. shit. I literally watched it the last time, like, he's a twat. And also so unrealistic. He's supposed to be a chef in New York City and he's having a go at her for long hours. It's like... He's always back in the evening. I'm like, what restaurant isn't open till midnight in New York or 1am? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Exactly. Like, literally, like, chefs are known for their horrendous hours. I know. It's... Makes no sense. Anyway. Um, but the way that um, Andy is called... Uh, the new Emily throughout the film. Mm. Her name is never properly known, even though she's working her arse off. And it's only at the end when um, that Miranda starts to respect her, she's called Andrea. But it's just, Percy is working so hard and he's like, his, you know, his mum is so proud of him. He's got this high-powered job. And his boss doesn't even have the... And it's also a really bad reflection on Crouch. You know, Percy's going on about yeah. how amazing he is and how Crouch is worried about Bertha Jorkins. Crouch is a terrible boss. If you cannot at least know your employees names you do mm-hmm. not deserve to be managing people yeah 100% it's disgusting yeah there's also a spectacular bit when Percy is gushing over Crouch I think just before he arrives when mm. he says about how he speaks 200 languages. languages how is magical translation not a thing well, there mean? should be a spell for that As like in, oh. translatio and then yeah, yeah. No, that's a point, actually, yeah. Also, how can you learn 200 languages? Yeah, it's also described that Percy goes all breathless when Crouch, <laughs> Crouch appears. Gay fucking chapters. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm so, always surprised when Percy gets for the woman yeah. in J.K. Rowling's after mind. So, I mean, let's just face it, like at least 50% of the Weasley spawn contingent are uh, uh, gay. gay. Um, so um, there's a man, <laughs> there's just a one throwaway line about a man who sells flying carpets and he's called Ali Bashir. Also, just inconsistencies. I, you know, when we do that thing where we really nitpick. Yeah, why are you also, doing that at me? There was like a really long silence where I was just like wildly gesturing <laughs> at Hannah, just throwing one arm at me, and I was like, "What have I done? What have I done? What have I done?" So, um, basically, Mr. Weasley drops a drops a, a nugget of information about nugget. how uh, flying carpets are banned because carpets. Uh, a muggle artifact object yes yeah, I, I think it sounds like artifact sure hannah yeah think about this for a second i don't want to are you gonna say a broom yes it sweeps the floor yes it's still a muggle object calm down. The, the rage calm yourself down ali bashir Carpet broom. Ali Bashir. Carpet broom. Once flying car... She was like, I can't say Alibaba. That's too far. <laughs> so I'm going to call him Ali Bashir. <laughs> Did you not even pick up on that? No. She was like, oh, no, not Alibaba. Alibashir. Carpet broom. I think flying carpets are like a sick idea. Like it is, there is a niche in the market for a yeah. family mode of transportation. 100%. And if you're going to be witch brooms, then bewitch carpets. And I Do guess it. I guess there is the argument that like the um, brooms that they fly on are kind of very obviously not like sweeping brooms, at mm. least how they're depicted in the films. Fuck knows about the books. But then you could do something with a carpet to make it look a bit put handles on the carpet we've, we've looked at the difficulty of transporting children you know porkies flu powder there's a gap in the market here Ali Bashir is right yes justice for Ali Bashir justice <laughs> hashtag, hashtag justice, justice for, for Ali Bashir, Bashir. <laughs> I love us <laughs> um, so they buy souvenirs <laughs> They buy souvenirs. I love all of the different, like, merchandise. It just feels like a concert, you know? When oh. you're, like, going to a concert and you're like, oh my god, I've saved up, I'm gonna buy my Taylor Swift t-shirt. Like, I wrote this That's note a little me. bit later, but, like, it reminds me of the vibe that you get, like, when you were young and you would go to, like, a fun fair or, like, go yes. to, like, a festival and it's that kind of, like, atmosphere yeah. and there's so much, like, exciting and colourful lights the air and is differently, like, stores. buzzing. Yeah, and, like... Just literally, just so so exciting. Like I just weird that the game is happening at night, but also it just adds to this kind of like yeah. It literally like makes me think of a fun fair. Like you can picture having glow sticks, and you buy crappy food and get really sick eating crappy food off all the stores. Yeah, and like just literally so exciting. All the different merchandise. There's like luminous rosettes and shamrock hats and omnioculars and stuff. And yeah, it's so I don't know why. Like, do you share in the excitement? Like, I read oh, these yeah. chapters I can, like, and I get so. Jake Rowling is so good at creating a feeling. Like, I can yeah. literally when I'm reading this chapter, that sounds really weird. I can taste the feeling in the air. Yeah, like, I can feel the buzz i can see the yeah. lights i can like, I, would... I can close my eyes and the scene is in front of me her descriptions yeah. are so vivid i would happily read an entire book just about the quidditch world cup just 
all of the detail. Yeah. I get really upset at how much the film skips over it. I'm just like, how are you handed this on a fucking platter? And that's what you did with it. I know that films had to be a certain length, but holy crap, if you ever want those world world building bits in the film, that's like the ultimate It's just ridiculous. Part. Like it's we skipped ridiculous. ahead a bit, but yeah. Who cares? So then Harry, so they're buying uh, souvenirs and Harry ends up buying three Omnioculars, which are actually really, really pricey. They're 10 galleons, which is the equivalent of about 50 British pounds. But before that, though, they talk about um, when Crouch and Ludo are like with them, they talk about something happening at Hogwarts that they can't announce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I love little drops of mystery. Um, um, as the evening goes on, like all of the wizards give up like any last pretense, um, probably because everyone's getting drunk. Yeah. Um, Let's get litty. Yeah. And it literally just like turns into chaos of just like magic everywhere. Sounds and great. All of these kind of like, you know, like dodgy sellers, like <laughs> flogging this. their wares. And, Buy this. <laughs> oh my God. I just want to go. We're I literally am. a broken record, but I just, just want to go. go. Yeah. So one of the dodgy wares is Omnioculars, but yeah, it's very expensive. It's 10 galleons for an Omniocular, which is about mm. 50 pounds. So it's very expensive. But Ron mentions he wants one. Harry finds them really cool. So he ends up buying three. And I find it really interesting that whenever Harry buys things for the trio, Hermione always accepts it so much more graciously than mm. Ron. And I think it's because Ron is so self-conscious of being a charity case whereas Hermione although she knows she's nowhere near as rich as Harry knows that she'll always pay him back in some way you know she's then like oh I'll get the programs the programs are not going to be 10 galleons but she knows that in their comparative money state yeah that's what they buy for each other she doesn't feel bad about it whereas Ron is like oh my god he's going to think I'm a charity case because I'm poor and like I've invited and also but it's like Harry came to this game for free with your family. Your family are putting yeah. him up. It's actually an absolutely fair gesture that Harry buys him for this. And Harry, to make him feel better, jokes about not getting him a Christmas present. It's obvious Harry is going to get him a Christmas yeah. present. He only does it to appease Ron. But it's like, Harry constantly stays in your house for free. Your mum mm. cooks him food. Yes, you got these tickets for free, but they're still putting you up in a tent and all of this. Yeah. It's it's absolutely fine that Harry buys you this gift. It's, it is it is what he can give back. and like Harry I feel like Harry handles it really well for such a young person like it would be very very complicated to ever like offer to give the Weasleys money when really it's not that he owes them at all because at the end of the day he's a child and when they put him up it's it's their choice but he is in a position when he can help these people that have done so much for him and he always does it in a brilliant way you know he he buys on the Omnioculars. He's and when bought he... him ice cream in a previous book. He yeah. buys him nice Christmas... He buys him, like, in six year, he buys him goalkeeper gloves because he needs new ones. It's just like... Yeah. And when he wins the winnings from the Triwizard Tournament, mm. he gives it to the Weasley twins, which I just think is a really beautiful oh, way so to, talk about to do it. So he pays back the family in, like, many ways without just having to really directly do it. And I feel like it's really ha- handled well mm. for a teenager and also like a teenager like Harry which is he's normally yeah tactless completely yeah and Um, the thing is it's not handled well by Ron but you can completely understand why because he is so self-conscious of being a charity case Mm -hmm. so yeah I just it's very sweet that Harry buys them the Omnioculars yeah even though they are fucking expensive yeah really expensive uh so chapter Chapter eight eight, the Quidditch Quidditch World Cup and I'm just so hot and bothered looking at Hannah's page of calculations oh, um, do. do you want to yeah do you so they arrive off? at the pitch 
Mm-hmm. Within the first paragraph, the pitch is described as fitting 10 cathedrals. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Weasley says, Please tell me you have the average size of a cathedral. No. I'm so disappointed. I've gone for more exact. Mr. Weasley says it seats 100,000 wizards. And my first instinct was how? There can't be 100,000 wizards. Or can there? But that's too many. I needed to know. So of I course did some she calculations. Did. Now, we have established on this podcast before that there are roughly a thousand people at Hogwarts. How we have established this, to remind you, is the fact that in one scene it was described as 200 people wearing green. No. One quarter... Yeah. One quarter of the stand was wearing green, 200 people clapping Slytherin, which implies that there's a roughly 800 people at Hogwarts. For argument's sake, we've rounded that up to a thousand because J.K. Rowling has said that in previous interviews. We've rounded it up to a thousand, right? Mm-hmm. That's the average size of a mm-hmm. British secondary school. Okay, are you ready? Mm-hmm. 8% of the UK population is in secondary school. Okay. Life expectancy for a wizard is about 138 years, but life expectancy for a muggle is about 81 years. So basically, live wizards, not lizards, wizards live for about a lifetime and a half of a muggle. Mm-hmm. So I've lowered the the population of wizarding people in secondary school is around five to six percent because of that extra life expectancy. Mm-hmm. So for ease of this, we've put it at five because that's an easier calculation to do. So if five percent of the population are in secondary school and we assume that Hogwarts is the only secondary school, which in my head it is, yeah. other people disagree, mm-hmm. on this podcast we believe that Hogwarts is the only secondary yes. school in the country. So therefore a thousand people are in secondary school, five percent of the population, twenty thousand UK wizards. Okay? Mm-hmm. So roughly twenty thousand wizards in the UK. That seems kind of reasonable for the amount of people we know are in government. Yeah. It seems roughly reasonable. Now, in the world right now, everyone, there's 7.6 billion people. Uh, There's 65 million in the UK, which means that the UK is 0.87% of the worldwide population. Um, That means that if the equivalent populations are the same of UK wizards to worldwide wizards, that if there are 20,000 wizards in the UK, there are roughly 2 million 298,850 wizards worldwide, mm-hmm. roughly. 2,300,000-ish. Which means roughly 4.5% of the total worldwide population of wizards are at the World Cup. Because you can fit 100,000. So literally every UK wizard could go for... Oh, 20, 40, 60, 80, five times not. over. We know that they're not. However... I was like, 4.5% seems like a lot, but this is their only sport. Mm-hmm. They can travel a lot easier than muggles can. Mm-hmm. It's their biggest event. So actually, 4.5% of the population... And they don't own TVs. Mm-hmm. So apart from listening on the radio, this is their only way to actually yeah. view it. So 4.5% of the worldwide population of Wizards going to the World Cup actually isn't that unreasonable. However, then I looked up some other things. And J.K. Rowling once said in an interview that there are only 3,000 wizards in the UK. You're wrong, hun. Yeah, I was just like, so first of all, no. Mm -hmm. Second of all, that would mean there's around 350,000 wizards worldwide, which would mean a third of the wizarding population has gone to this game, which is ridiculous. So J.K. Rowling is just wrong on that. So that's... That's the maths. It is actually reasonable that this stadium seats 100,000. But, so if it fits 100,000, yes. but then you said that there's 20,000 yes. 
But then Bulgaria and France aren't huge populations. In fact, do we have... Do you have the France versus... No. UK population? No. Mm. Why are you saying so, France? What's France got to do with this argument? Oh, no, I don't even know. Ireland, it would be. I was thinking about the uh, Triwizard Tournament for a oh, second I and was I was like, thinking about France. I was like, what, what did France have to do so with this? So this is even worse because it's like Ireland versus Bulgaria. Bulgaria is tiny. Yeah. But you buy tickets, and this is true of all games, you buy tickets for finals of things before mm-hmm. you know who's got yeah. into the finals like you buy tickets to the football world cup before you know who is actually mm-hmm. in the final yeah so i actually think it's kind of reasonable yeah but they but only if jk rowling was wrong about saying that there's three thousand wizards which in everyone UK. agrees that she is she's wrong about most things because she says directly in this chapter that a task force of 50 wizards was tasked with keeping the stadium secret how could a task force be 50 people big if there are only 3,000 wizards in the UK? Yeah. So if anyone wants to tweet me with that, don't, because I've already worked it out. There are 20,000 wizards in the UK. Yeah. You heard it here on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, so there you go. I also have some, if anyone wants some more in depth to this, I actually once made a video on it, which goes into um, hospital bed population compared to uh, country population and pub population. Um, to work out other statistics of how many words there might be in Britain. So, uh... Was this what you thought you were signing up to when you started to listen to a drunken podcast? This intense level of maths. Hannah has no life at all. I was doing so much maths this morning and I don't even know how to work out like, percentages. I love it so much. I'm so proud of you. But like, get a life? No. I enjoyed this immensely. You enjoyed I, it. I really enjoyed it. I'm not criticising, <laughs> I'm merely commentating. So there you go. You can... I do believe 100,000. At first I was like, no, and now I believe yeah. it, but they are not... It's not like when you host a game in the UK where it will be mostly UK people there. It's majority foreigners. Bloody foreigners. Bloody foreigners. So, um... Coming in and stealing our jobs. Yeah, we're, we're joking. Joking. Just in case anyone doesn't get sarcasm, in which case, how have you made it this far? Uh, so, yeah, moving on. Move, moving on from that intense maths in which everyone has fallen asleep. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, so... Please tweet me saying you loved it so she stops taking the mic out of me. I'm not! I loved it! They're I, in the top box. They are, and Harry meets Winky after mistaking her for Dobby... Yep. Um, Winky, though, so she knows Dobby because all house elves know each other. This is like when British people get asked, like, do you know the Queen? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Stop asking us that. I'm always like, yeah. Yeah, go to tea with Lizzie actually quite often. Yeah. 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 Meet her down yeah. the local pub mm. actually. Yeah. Yeah, she's always in there getting absolutely shit faced. Shit faced, Lizzie. Yeah. Um,. We find out from Winky that Dobby is fine. He's doing well, but he wants to be paid for his work. Mm. Which is fair. Yeah. Quite reasonable, that. Yeah, it's quite a reasonable request, actually. It's like every Winky intern in London. Like, Please pay me! <laughs> um, Winky doesn't think it's fair, but Harry does. So yeah. at least Harry's on the right side of this. Mm-hmm. I have a note that just says, I can't really make many notes about quidditch 
Quidditch happens. Oh, okay. I've got a bit more in depth. Shall I go through a new comment? You probably should. I would just like, sport is happening at me. Okay. So the Malfoys arrive and then the best line out of all of Harry Potter happens. Ludo I think we've already said that about three times and we're like three books in. Ludo Backman's face is described as gleaming like a great excited Edam. <laughs> what? How did I miss this? <laughs> what? Let me read that again. His face is gleaming like a great excited Edam. I... What? Have you ever heard... I've never heard a simile that is that batshit crazy. The amount of... I know. ...going I know. on. Do you need burping? No. I can't burp. Um, I've never heard a simile that batshit crazy. That is... You know when you're, like, writing something and you can't really think what to do? Like, what yeah. to write? So you write it quickly and you're like, I'll come back to that. You write, like, anything. Just get it down on paper and you're like, no, I'll come back and edit, edit it after. Yeah. Did she do that and then just never come back to it? Well, I do wonder that because earlier, a few chapters ago, there's actually a big mistake in my copy. Um, Romania, as in the country, is spelt incorrectly. No. Yes. It will be corrected in all yeah. other copies, but my copy, it's spelled R-U-M-A-N-I-A. That is juicy. Romania. Incredible. Incredible. But... Um, I then got Neil to check whether he's been reading an online copy of the American edition. And no, no, no. It's in all copies that Ludo Bagman's face is gleaming like a great excited Edam. Right. So what happened? <laughs> she wrote that thinking she was going to come back to it. Her editor, the day in which she read this, was really hungover. Yeah. Yeah. Edam, as in the cheese. As in I the just... cheese. Edam cheese. So now Ludo Bagman can only be cast as just a big wheel of Edam. 10 out of 10, Woody. Woody Ludo Bagman's face. So then it's mascot time. Big lump of cheese Cheese. man. I actually went to school with someone whose last name was Cheeseman. No, you didn't. Cheeseman. Yeah. Cheeseman. 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 We used to play RuneScape together. (laughs) Cute. (laughs) So then it's mascot time and the Bulgarians have bought Vila. And this is the first time we've introduced to Vila. And um, they're described as beautiful, magical women, but they're not women. They just look like women. Mm -hmm. Um, And they make men do kind of crazy things. They make men want to show off in front of them. And they also make them all want to support Bulgaria. Can we talk about the yikes? There's a lot to unpack with the Vila first thing to unpack is that they're described as their like glowing white skin gleaming and their blonde hair um and they're the most beautiful creatures on earth which is quite like white centric it's like all right hitler yeah calm down great thanks white blonde women yeah and then secondly the fact that it makes men lose all their self-control and it just really kind of comes back to this really like victim blaming and boys will be boys Mm. and just this idea that men just can't control themselves and that's why they 
on a regular basis sexually assault women because they just can't control themselves. Can't but it wasn't themselves. their fault because, like, look but at what she was wearing. The spells that the women put on the spells. Yeah. I also, it raised a question for me of, do they put spells on men as a whole or is it on people that are attracted to women? Yeah. Would a gay man Where feel are my like... lesbians? Oh, so, yeah. Would the lesbians want to jump off the roof to get to the villa? And would the gay men not want to jump off the roof to get to the villa? I need these questions answered. I need to know. Yeah. Uh, the, the villa. It's, it's, it's an interesting creature to put yeah. in. And I then don't know how to feel. Later on when the villa get angry... They turn into bird weird women. Weird bird creatures. With beaks and wings. And Mr. Weasley says, that's why you never go for looks alone, boys. Okay. <laughs> just like, I'm like, I can't start unpacking because then I can't stop unpacking. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm going to attempt to say something positive. Yeah. But I think this at least, when we consider that Fleur obviously... Is like a quarter Dece- Vila? Yeah, so she's descended from Vila. And I think this is part of why when Bill gets bitten, she's really like just, you know, unflinchingly accepting. Yeah. Um, I think obviously if you were in love, you would be anyway, but she doesn't even remotely struggle with no. it. And I think that's because she clearly has ancestors and, you know, grandparents that she's known that are Vila or very, very strongly part Vila, mm. who probably turn into these like bird creatures and I think that this kind of element of like magical transformation into something unflattering is probably very normal for her yeah so that's at least quite a nice thing and it and it kind of sheds even more light on the fact that you know Molly expects her to just leave and then she doesn't and it's just like Molly should have known better Mm. um that's the most positive Positive. thing I can say about that the negative things are the connotations that women be crazy. Women be crazy. And also birds. When we get angry, we turn into irrational, crazy people who make no sense and their opinions shouldn't be listened to because we're just crazy. And we're birds. 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 There's a lot of yikes. I love these like, chapters, I'm but there's like, a lot of yikes. I'm just like, I don't know where to start with the Vila thing because growing up, I never really thought about yeah. it. And now I'm like, why are they there? What are they adding to the story? Nothing. They're adding nothing. Nothing. Um, women don't be crazy. Yeah. Shall we try to continue past the yikes? Yeah, I can't. There's a lot more we could unpack, but it's too much you get what we're saying mm-hmm. we're moving on yeah mm-hmm. um so island mascots are leprechauns because obviously shamrock seamus finnegan leprechauns, leprechauns. episode title <laughs> <laughs> leprechauns and they're raining down gold because we must fit in all these stereotypes yeah. into this bit mm-hmm. so then the game begins um, Ireland score quickly. It is obvious that their chasers are incredibly good. Then the seekers go into a dive and the Irish seeker hits the ground, whereas Crumb pulls out and it turns out Crumb was fainting. He was faking the whole thing to distract from the game and mm-hmm. to distract the player. The referee gets taken in by the Vila power. <laughs> Wait, let me, let me, let me... <laughs> Crumb's pull-out game is strong. <laughs> he pulls out the dive. 
I'm flapping wildly. Ha! Come on! It's very good, actually. I hate you. It's good. I liked your mask. Like my <laughs> dick jokes. Good. It is good. It's actually well timed. It's good. It wasn't well timed because it took me a minute to think about it. it, it and then it, I was, it, it did. I, I was like, say it. You should have I, said it a minute ago. I, I was wildly gesturing, and then I remembered this is a podcast. <laughs> So the referee gets taken in by the Vila's magical power mm. and someone has to kick him in the shins. Was that was that where they kicked him? In or, the shins. Or, or was that the, the PG version of yes. where they kicked him? <laughs> anyway, um, so then the Vila turn into bird women and um, mm. all this time Quidditch is happening and the Irish are scoring a lot, the Bulgarians aren't scoring a it's lot. It's very boring. Um Crumb's nose gets broken and then Lynch, the Irish Seeker, goes into a dive. Crumb, because he's the better flyer, catches up from him and catches the snitch. Lynch hits the ground again. However, Ireland win. And there's this basically interesting discussion that Harry, Hermione and Ron have about how, you know, Crumb ended the game intentionally. Um, Ireland were 160 points up. So if Crumb caught the snitch he wasn't going to win. And Harry is the only one to kind of understand Crumb's mentality. He wants to end the game on his own terms. He said that the Seekers, the Irish, no, the Bulgarian chasers were never going to catch up. But it wasn't like the Bulgarian chasers had to catch up the in, the whole points. Crumb was obviously the better Seeker. Mm. The Bulgarian chasers only had to get one or two more, two more goals. They still wouldn't be anywhere near the amount of goals that the Irish chasers would have scored for Crumb to be able to catch the snitch. Yeah and win yeah crumb could have pulled out of that dive and not caught the snitch so it's this kind of really interesting thing where i'm like i he didn't he almost didn't trust his team enough like Mm. to me harry respects what crumb did but to me it's he crumb is then viewed as like a someone who only cares about him as an individual rather than this is a team sport yeah and he should have trusted his team more yeah he might have wanted to end the game on his own terms but wouldn't it be better to lose yeah. spectacularly but trust your team and also when there's not a time limit if it was like football where there's a time limit you could kind of be like okay yeah but when it literally could have gone on for five days yeah. you would take your risk surely i think you would take if you're going to lose any like i understand the want of doing it on your own terms and being remembered as doing that but to me you're playing an individual Mm. sport and you're not playing a team sport and this is a team sport and Crum is not a good sportsman here personally I think Harry respects him for this I respect what he did and I understand his decision but to me it doesn't show a good it's not not good I don't think it also seems like a really short match I would be well disappointed yeah especially the people who've paid literally hundreds of galleons to be there like, Quidditch can go on for days. What was this 30-minute match? Yeah. This is why sport has, like, a time limit. At least it's always going to be an hour and a half in mm. some sports. Um, So then, as they're kind of doing the trophy thing, we find out that the Bulgarian minister, who um, Fudge has been, like, kind of doing random sign language and then being offensive verbally to him because he didn't think he could understand him, can speak English mm. the entire time. Absolutely hilarious. Fucking brilliant. Just need more of that character. Yeah. He who is this troll? Yeah. I love Love, him. Love love, love. Um then what I realised at the end is Fudge is handed the cup. And this is the moment when I realise, oh, Fudge is there because he's the Minister of Magic in Ireland. Which means is Ireland in the Wizarding World not separated as a different country like it is here? 
I guess when you have that smaller population, potentially not. I just need to look up when the Good Friday Agreement actually was. I actually, I'm, I'm kind of, hold on. Um, when did Ireland set, split? Sure. When did Ireland split? Okay. So Ireland has always been a separate country to the United Kingdom since the 1920s. The Good Friday Agreement, which kind of significant, I'd need to know more about it, but it actually did the borders more. Split the trunks. <laughs> yeah. Split the... It ended the troubles. wasn't until 1998. So mm-hmm. after this chapter is set. But this basically implies that Ireland, the Wizarding Island, is part of the United Kingdom. I... Which I find weird. No, I can buy that because I think, like, wizarding folk don't remotely get involved with... But if they don't get involved, surely they just follow what their country is doing. No, I don't think that, because I don't really think they'd be aware that much. Like, at the end of the day, like, it was, like, a religious thing, and wizards Mm. don't buy into that. So I think they would just be like, eh, whatever. Like, we're kind of just not going along with that. I guess, And I guess, like, you know, they're not going to form their own government when their own government is already tiny. Like, they literally wouldn't have enough people to do that without everyone being in the parliament. So I guess they must have just stuck with it like i guess yeah it's just interesting to me Mm. but then it's interesting because it's like then why were they playing quidditch as a separate team well wales and scotland are separate too the same as in rugby i don't sport okay so in rugby ireland obviously ireland always plays separate but scotland and wales play separate to england in football the united kingdom play under England. Okay. So it just we're kind of assuming this is rugby, not football, basically. Yes, yeah. because J.K. Rowling actually really likes rugby, so she more follows. Of course that. she does. You prefer rugby to fo- I prefer rugby to football. I know. I'm still allowed to judge her for that. <laughs> Didn't say I wasn't a hypocrite. But besides, <laughs> I like rugby because they're all really hot. They are. And their bums are often like oh. at the camera. Their bums. Good time. So, you know, I don't like rugby because I'm a Tory. I like it because I like men's bums. I see that. Anyway, and that's the discussion about the separation of Ireland and Northern Ireland. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Mm -hmm. That's the end of this chapter. Yeah, my last note was just, which we've already covered, how did Fred and George know? I don't know. It really really annoys me. Yeah. Really annoys me. It's the kind of thing where I'm like, shouldn't we know this? yeah yeah but anyway tweet us your theories on how fred and george knew i love these chapters so much we've already covered this but i love them i really enjoyed them them, i'm looking forward to the next ones as well i really like the next ones yay um we hope you enjoyed our maths and our talks about islands splitting into chunks and me calling everything gay pretty normal for us really yeah it was great Cool. Cool. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll uh, see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye! Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. 
To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. Amanda, Danny, Mark, Veronica, Nathan, Matalib and Sandra. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind the scenes content and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. You meant to say it with me. Bye. Bye.